It was a day like any other for Panina. She went to the market. She left her phone at home, not expecting any calls. But when she got home, everything changed. She looked at her phone and she saw that she had a series of missed calls. Her husband, Paul, had been traveling close to the Somali border when the lorry he was in was stopped by Al-Shabaab militants. They lined everyone up, forcing everyone to recite the Shada and Islamic creed. But Paul refused. He said he couldn't deny his faith in Jesus. In fact, he said these words, if you want to kill me, I'll remain in Jesus. And if you let me go, I'll still remain in Jesus. And with that, the attackers shot him dead. Penina is just 26 years old. She's now left alone and single mum to four-year-old Steve. Her in-laws neglected her, abandoned her, wanting nothing more to do with her when their son died. But it's here that individuals like you, churches like Trinity, partnering along with Open Doors help to make a difference. Penina was able to go to tailoring classes. She learned computer skills thanks to the Open Doors partners on the ground in Kenya. She also went to Standing Strong Through the Storm persecution survival training and trauma counselling as well. And this is what Penina says. The training helped heal my wounds. What stayed with me is that the hardships we pass through don't happen because God has left us, but because there's a reason. Talking to people and growing in my faith has restored my joy. Panina is one of 340 million Christians around the world facing extreme or high levels of persecution for their faith, sharing in Jesus' suffering. Put another way, that's one in eight Christians globally who are persecuted for following Jesus. There are other sobering statistics. Every day we estimate at open doors, something like 13 Christians are brutally killed for their faith simply because they love Jesus. In many other places around the world, Christians are put in prison for their faith. Church buildings are attacked, destroyed. At Open Doors, we produce the World Watch List and it ranks the 50 most dangerous places to be a Christian. There is no list like it. And quite simply, the trends, the research shown from this is showing that persecution has reached unprecedented levels. You could say it's reached pandemic pr proportions. It's a list that shows the scale of suffering and injustice, but it also shows the level of love and passion for Jesus, that there are Christians willing to live and die for Jesus, no matter what. And thank you, Trinity, for being a church that prays and supports and stands alongside Christians like Panina, family around the world. And our vision at Open Doors is quite simply this, that no persecuted Christian should suffer alone. No persecuted Christian should be forgotten and your, your prayers, your support make that possible. So thank you. A question for us to think about today is how is it possible for believers like Panina to keep going in the face of such suffering and persecution, blow after blow? And how is it possible that Paul, who we've read about in 2 Corinthians today, how is it possible that he, lived a life of intense persecution and suffering and kept going, kept running the race of faith. And it might be that you've thought about this, particularly with the events of last year and, and as this year is unfolding as well. How do you keep going? How do you keep hoping in the face of challenging times? I'd love to share with you today three reasons for hope, three reasons for hope in the face of hardship and suffering.
that mean despite current circumstances, you can go deeper, higher, wider in your walk with Jesus and keep trusting in him and hold on to Jesus with all that you have. Suffering is a major theme of 2 Corinthians, but let's be honest, it's a theme repeated throughout the New Testament. It's always good to remind ourselves that the New Testament was largely written by persecuted Christians writing to fellow persecuted Christians. That is the context and speaks so well into the narrative of today's persecuted church as well and the times that we are in. Okay, here's the first reason for hope. It might not sound too hopeful, but hear me out. The first reason for hope is this. We get knocked down, but not knocked out. We get knocked down, but not knocked out. Look at the passage with me for a moment. Look at verses 8 to 9 in 2 Corinthians 4. And for me, that image kind of conjures up the image of a, of a boxing ring and punch after punch is being thrown at Paul. You could say he's taking an absolute beating. Crucially, though, he's knocked down, but not knocked out. Knocked down, but not knocked out. Let's be honest, life on earth, this side of eternity, is hard. You can't sugarcoat it. Jesus didn't. John 16, 33, Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Paul definitely didn't sugarcoat it either. Paul spent a lifetime, decades of suffering daily for Christ. By this stage, it must have taken its toll emotionally, mentally, physically, it must have been overwhelming at times and he doesn't glaze over or downplay, airbrush his suffering and neither yours either. The language he uses makes that really plain. Look at the words, they're feeling words. They carry emotion. His experience has cut deep. We're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. These are words and emotions that to varying degrees we can all probably resonate with in these times. The Apostle Paul, contemporary persecuted Christians like Panina and others you may well have encountered, are so well placed to mentor us, to act like guides, if you will, to help us following Jesus in hard times. It's why we need each other as the body of Christ, isn't it? Our prayers and support help them to continue to courageously follow Jesus and know they're not alone and forgotten. And in return, their stories encourage, courage in us to remind us, to show us that the way of Jesus is at times hard. Discipleship is costly and yet it's worth it to, to run the distance, to stay the course, to build capacity, resilience, to keep going, to persevere. At the end of the talk, I'll give you an opportunity to stay connected with open doors and more importantly, persecuted Christians whose stories will fuel faith in you and keep you, keep you hoping in the face of hard times. There must have been times when Paul felt like he couldn't go on. And maybe you feel the same. COVID-19, lockdown, the impact of the pandemic has been really hard. Or there's other circumstances that you're going through. You're in the heat of the fire. You're in the storm. And you're like, how long, God? Why me, God? What on earth is going on? The message from Paul, the message from Penina and other Christians around the world, and what we get through this passage is that there is, there is a reason to hold on. There is reason for hope. Look at the repetition of the but-nots in those two verses, eight and nine, but not crushed, 
but not despairing, but not abandoned, but not destroyed. Hold on to the but nots right now with everything that you have. If you look at verse six earlier on in the passage, Paul says this, Paul says the light of Jesus lives in, dwells in us, makes his home in us, in our very hearts, our, our very being, our, our fragile jar of clay, if you like, in our brokenness, ordinariness, Jesus is present. In our suffering, in our hardship, in our weariness, Jesus is very much present. In this life, we are going to be flawed time and time again, taken out, but we don't have to be knocked out. We're pushed to the limits, but somehow because of the truth, the mystery that Jesus is, God with us, in us and around us, there is a supernatural ability and capacity to keep going, to endure. And as Christians, we never suffer alone. As Christians, we never suffer alone. He is God with us. In many countries on the Open Doors World Watch List Top 50, Christians have to meet in secret. They meet in houses or apartments. They gather on remote mountainsides or deep in the jungle. They disguise their meetings so that services might look like simple meals or baptisms look like pool parties. Wherever they meet, Jesus is there. Wherever they meet, Jesus is there. We get knocked down, but not knocked out. We get knocked down, but not knocked out. That's the first reason for hope. The second reason for hope is this, is that resurrection power is on display. In the here and now, the resurrection power of Jesus is fully at work. Not only is Jesus present with us in our current trials and circumstances, the challenge of COVID, the challenge of homeschooling, the challenge of lockdown, whatever it is, Jesus is also at work. There's an unstoppable power at work. Why was Paul able to be so resilient? It was Jesus, wasn't it? I mean, that's the classic Sunday school answer to any question, but it's the truth. For Paul, the resurrection of Jesus was like a megaphone cranked on high volume, broadcasting to the world that Jesus is bigger than death, bigger than suffering, and incredibly gets lived out, shared in our lives by our response to hard times, to challenging seasons. The empty grave dwarfs all the pain and suffering we will ever face and experience. The empty grave dwarfs all the pain and suffering we will ever experience. With the promise that one day every wrong will be made right. That, friends, is resurrection power at work. Let's look at what the text highlights for a moment. Look with me at verse 10 and 11 in the passage. Paul had the tightest of attachments with Jesus in the here and now, a sense of being one with him. That's a theme he repeats in other letters. I think of Philippians as one example. And if 2020 and 2021 has taught and is teaching us anything, it's this, hold everything lightly, but Jesus had the closest of attachments with Jesus. Paul believed and lived in light of the unstoppable power of Jesus, even if outwardly it didn't make sense or look like it. For Paul, he saw his suffering as a way for others to see Jesus. It's completely missional. For Paul, the pains and the chains were actually gains for the gospel. This is often how God works, isn't it? And still does. The story of the early church, the story of 
so many in the persecuted church is this, is that persecution and suffering is often a motor for the gospel. Persecution and suffering is often a motor for the gospel. A Nigerian pastor once said it was the fertiliser for the gospel, the fertiliser for his church to grow. It's why Paul wrote those famous words in Romans chapter 5 verse 4. Rejoice in suffering. Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. The resurrection power of Jesus is on display in the here and now at work in our lives as we respond to hard times, hard seasons, to the weariness of this life by living for Jesus no matter what. The third reason for hope, and I say the best to last, is this, the future outweighs the present. For the believer, for the Christian, the future really does outweigh the present. Imagine that I had some scales with me today, like the ones Lady Justice holds. This side we place all that we're going through in this life, the hardships, the struggles, the trials, suffering. This side is the future if you're a Christian. This is essentially what Paul does. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul lists his pain and suffering. He names it everything that he's gone through. And believe me, he went through everything and anything that you can imagine. He had the scars, the wounds on his body. It was costly being a disciple, a follower of Jesus. What would you add to the scales today, right now? COVID-19, illness, cancer maybe, broken relationship, depression, infertility, whatever it is, whatever takes you out, whatever flaws you, knocks you down, whatever circumstances that you are struggling with, grappling with at the moment, you might be feeling right in the storm today. List it, name it, put it here. But friends, I've got to remind you because scripture reminds me and the stories of persecuted Christians from, the, from around the world remind me time and time again, is that despite all that we go through in this present life, the future still outweighs the present. The scales tip towards the future. The best is yet to come. Life on earth is horrible at times. And some days it can feel like you're dying, can't it? And do you know what? I think that's how Paul felt. His words carry so much emotion. I think that's how he felt. But the future, eternal glory, is always in view, always in scope for Paul. He is looking forward. Despite the present hardship and suffering, he is looking forward with all that he has. Look at verses 16 and 17 for a moment. He writes, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. And by this stage, Paul is ageing. The suffering that he's experienced has taken its toll on his body. Yet inwardly, we're being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. It's a little bit like, Paul, are you, are you mad? Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? You're literally saying all the suffering, all the floggings that you've been through, the near-death experiences, the times you've been shipwrecked, the times you've been hunted out of cities, had stones thrown at you, uh, the times that you were naked and you've gone hungry, you're saying they're like fluff, it's like a mere trifle. It really doesn't matter in light of eternity and in light of what is all to come. 
Sop lives in a village tucked between jagged mountains and paddy fields in the northernmost part of Laos, very close to the Chinese border. Growing up, Sop knew nothing about Jesus. He grew up only knowing about Buddhism. Then a few years ago, he stumbled across an old man listening to a radio broadcast. It turned out to be a Thai Christian radio program. Sop's curiosity was piqued. From that moment, every night he would go after dinner and sit with the old man and listen to the Christian radio broadcast and in, in time became a Christian. When the village chief discovered Sop's new faith, he issued an ultimatum. He said this, if you don't stop worshipping your God, leave the village or go to jail. Leave the village or go to jail. Sop refused. He was beaten badly. Then his pigs were poisoned. His rice farm was set on fire. And also his children were isolated and discriminated against in school. And finally, and finally, the family had to leave their home, everything they knew. With all Sop went through, he refused to stop sharing the gospel and even began having worship gatherings in his home for other believers. He also received training from Open Doors and it was a comfort to him to know that he wasn't alone and he wasn't forgotten. He, he got to meet with other believers who'd experienced similar experiences of persecution to him. And he also received training to teach others to read and write through Open Doors partners. And this enabled Sop to actually reach out to his former community, even some of the very people that persecuted him by helping to teach them to read and write absolutely amazing and Sop says these words really echoing what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians. I'm always reminded that if people try to kill me for my faith the Bible says not to be afraid. They can kill my body but not my soul. If they want to kill me I have no problem with it for I know where I'm going after. The future outweighs the present. The future is always in view for Paul and always in view for Sop. Imagine the best day you've ever had. It's likely it didn't happen in 2020 and it might well not happen in 2021 either. So think back a few years ago, the best day you've ever had and multiply that by a million times and it won't even come close to what eternity with Jesus is going to be like. It's like the best day ever on repeat, repeat. It's the happily ever after that you've been longing for. It's the happily ever after that you and I were made for. The future outweighs the present. Paul writes, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. Verse 18 there has a sense of a measured gaze, focus, looking ahead longingly, almost like as if through a telescope, looking, looking, longing forward to the future, looking up. The scales are tipped towards the future. The future really does outweigh the present. So fix your gaze on the future. Look up and hold on. We're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Throughout 2021, I need to hold on to these reasons for hope. And it's likely you do too. I know our brothers and sisters around the world, like Panina, like Sop, 
they desperately hold on to those reasons for hope and especially the last one that the future outweighs the present that we were made for more let's just take a moment to to pause and to respond to what we've heard today if you've a phone to hand, I'd love you to stick it onto camera mode and on screen will appear a QR code. So scan that QR code with your, with your camera and it will take you to a web page on the Open Doors website. And there you can just take a moment to respond to, to what we've heard. I'd love you to post a prayer for brothers and sisters who you've heard about today, maybe through the video or through what I've shared with you. Maybe pick a place on that World Watch list map, on that list of the 50 most costly places to be a Christian and post a prayer for a country, for a place, for a person. Just take that moment to fill out a prayer there. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for doing that. It really is an encouragement to persecuted believers around the world to know that they're not alone and they're not forgotten in prayer. Prayer is a massive, part of that so thank you trinity a second way that you can respond today is by staying connected and we love that at open doors we love to be able to send you emails and updates on things that you can pray for things that you can act on the ways in which you can support financially whatever it is and really make a difference for christians around the world to let them know that they're not forgotten to be there for the one in eight essentially that's what we are all about open doors we're there for the one in eight the most persecuted Christians, and we're reliant on people like you, churches like Trinity, to stand alongside. So fill that out if you're able to today as well. And if you can support our work financially, there is an option to do that there on the page. Uh, we'd, we'd really appreciate that. It really makes a difference in being able to effectively reach and bring hope and resources to as many Christians as possible to change lives, lives of people like Panina and Sop. So thank you. Thank you, Trinity Cheltenham, for letting me share with you today. It's been a real privilege to do that. And we'll be praying for you at this time. And I really hope that you will be stirred and encouraged by the fact that we do have reasons for hope, reasons to keep looking to Jesus in 2021. God bless you.